Welcome to Love Rules, the radio ministry of Roxbury Presbyterian Church in Boston. My mom, Liz Walker, was Boston's first African-American television news anchor, but her most important job is what she does right now at RPC, preaching the good news about God's love. The Bible says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. How does that work? Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian Church. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Love Rules. Today's message, God's Intent. I'm going to suggest that you read at least the first two chapters of Genesis, but my text today is just going to come from chapter 1, the 27th through the 28th verses. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And I I want you to read uh, Genesis, the second chapter, at least the eighth through the tenth verses, because it talks about the garden in Eden. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the eastern Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge and good. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden, where it separated there into four headwaters. It's just such a beautiful story with, with such pristine imagery. We all love the creation story, the story of gardens and trees and all the wild and beautiful abundance that God produced as humankind's first and best home. Try to imagine a perfect scene of nature with lush vegetation and a river that runs throughout, all created for our pleasure and put under our authority and care. This is paradise. So today I'd like to just flesh that out just a little bit, just to see what God had in mind for us originally. Because if we don't look closely at the story every once in a while, we may forget God's original intent. You see, we usually start the story with Adam and Eve. And that's not a bad place to start because we need to be reminded of what we've become, deeply flawed beings. We need to be reminded of how we got into this messy predicament. But today... Just for a minute, I want to look at the story before the fall. Because if we don't go back to the very beginning, we run the risk of restricting our image to the serpent and sin, the lowest of what we are. And that turns God into a universal policeman or the stern watcher or the judge and jury of our conduct. Now, in fact, God is a God of judgment, and I am not trying to deny that. But to relegate God to that single role is to severely limit not only God, but also our own spiritual growth. How we see God obviously affects how we see ourselves and our faith journeys. Too often we let the limitations of our lives control our image of God, as opposed to letting God control how we should live our lives. So if we start to investigate this story before the fall, it'll help us understand the nature of God just a little more. And that's important because to grow in our relationship with God We need a clearer understanding of who God is. And let me just add, we could grow every day for the rest of our lives and still only know a fraction of who God is. That's what makes this journey so spectacular, so wonderful. 
We know God is greater than we can imagine, bigger than we can describe. The Bible teaches us that God is omnipotent, all-powerful, omnipresent, omniscient, all-knowing, immutable, unchanging. But this part of the creation story in the Garden of Eden tells us something else about God. And the attribute revealed here in the very beginning is one of the most important, and sometimes it's overlooked or taken for granted. Once God created humankind in his image, male and female, the very next thing God does, according to the text, God blessed them. God creates, then God blesses. God's original intent is to bless. What is a blessing? The bestowal of a gift. God's desire for the best. In effect, the source of humankind is a blessing. We are the result, in some ways, of a blessing. Think about your life. Birth is a blessing. Life is a blessing. Love is a blessing. Salvation is a blessing. Jesus stepped into humanity to save us. Salvation is God's way of transforming us to the best that we can be. That is a blessing. The Bible reminds us that every good and perfect gift comes from above. Blessings are God's tangible touch in and through our lives, the way we can experience God and God's goodness. When you stop and count your blessings through people in your life, your gifts, your talents, your experiences, you can begin to see that we live in the midst right now of abundant blessings. And I say that fully knowing all the problems that the world has right now. Think about your life, though. Even in the most challenging of circumstances, think about your blessings. Most times we fail to recognize our blessings. We're usually so distracted by the messes that we make or the messes that the world makes that we don't see the blessings. At its highest, a blessing is God turning full face to the recipient to impart God's ultimate good. God created to bless. Remember that. God didn't create because God was lonely. God didn't create because God wanted to rule. God created to bless because God is good. We say that, but do we really think about its meaning? God is good. I am so thankful you've joined us today. Remember, Love Rules is totally listener-supported. Won't you make a donation right now to keep this program on the air? Log on to RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org and click on Giving. That's RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org. Click on Giving. Thank you. God bless you. When we say God is good, we are referring to the loving and liberal disposition in the management of his goods. In other words, this is how God rolls. It's simply the way God is. It's God's nature. You know, usually when we talk about folks who are good, there's a qualifier. She's good, but he's good if. But God is good by his very own essence. There is nothing but good in God. He gives out goodness. He gives out of goodness. According to the psalmist, he gives in joy and gladness. He rejoiced in his works. So this entire creation process was a blessing. God blessed humanity with so many fascinating things in the Garden of Eden, that's the second chapter of Genesis, that it, it, it's just beyond our capacity to understand. 
And in the middle of the garden, there were those two remarkable trees, one the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the other the tree of life. Now, God was very clear in his instructions. He told Adam, you can eat anything, but don't eat from the tree of knowledge. Why was Adam forbidden to eat from that tree? Well, there are volumes of books and theories and sermons written about it. I don't know, quite frankly, but I know that as a parent, there are plenty times when I've told my son, do it because I say so. That's what my mother said to me. She said, I don't have to give you an explanation for everything. I'm the mother. And I learned, like my son learned, the hard way, that was good enough. But here's the part we don't pay enough attention to. God didn't say anything about not eating from the tree of life. God intended for Adam and Eve, all of humanity, to enjoy the fruit of the tree of life at will. According to the books of Proverbs and Revelation, the tree of life symbolizes wisdom and joy and healing and eternity. Again, those are blessings. But you see, all throughout humanity's time on earth, we have blocked our blessings. Now, what do I mean by a blocked blessing? We're not open, focused, aware. We're too often distracted. There's a myriad of ways of blocking your blessings. You can be distracted by the world or, or, or just not even thinking about God. I believe you're blessed if you keep God on your mind. You know, there's that old spiritual, I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. If you keep your mind stayed on God, you begin to see and understand more blessings because the biggest blessing is in the relationship with Christ Jesus. But we block our blessings, the way we act, our sins, the way we treat each other. One of the biggest blocks to blessings is our inability to let go of stuff. It's our inability to forgive. I read a theory somewhere that said that 90% of all the health, the marital, the family, and financial problems are directly connected to what? Unforgiveness. That's how you block a myriad of blessings. There's a lot of that in our families, in our communities, and sadly, there's just a lot of that inside our hearts. You know, at my church, I preach about unforgiveness a lot, and I preach about letting things go. But I think it's just difficult for us to do that. And that's why we need to remember Jesus's words, because Jesus was very clear about unforgiveness. Matthew 5, 24, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. You see, forgiveness, this letting go, is one way that you can be blessed. And we are supposed to forgive over and over and over again. When we don't forgive, we are hurting ourselves, really. We're having very little impact on the person who who needs our forgiveness. When we don't forgive, we become anxious and frustrated and depressed. We're angry, we're tense. That's a way to block our blessings. God intended from the very beginning that we would be blessed. Our 
way of getting that blessing is to be obedient. Forgiveness is one way to obey God. It's a command. If you don't forgive, I won't forgive. But if you forgive, I'll forgive you. That in itself is a blessing. I want you to have all the blessings that God promises you. And I want you to think about this notion of letting go, forgiving. There's somebody out there right now who is holding on to unforgiveness. If you want your blessings, you need to let go of that unforgiveness. And then I can say very happily with much expectation, be blessed. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. And remember, our summer Sunday worship schedule, which is in effect right now, is at 10 o'clock. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org, or call us at 617 445 2116.